Welcome to Spanish History Podcast. I'm Foster Chamberlain. Today, we're going to talk about the emergence of anarchist hegemony in Spain's labor movement in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And I'm joined by Jesus de Felipe here at the Universidad Autónoma in Madrid. And I thought today to begin, we could just talk about the emergence of the labor movement in general and starting in the mid-19th century in, in Spain since our listeners might not know that much about it. So I was wondering if you could just kind of give us a brief outline of the nature of the first unions that appeared in, in Spain in the, uh, in the 1840s and um, kind of what the character of those early institutions was. Yeah. Well, uh, hello everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm really pleased to, to be here with, with you. Yeah, well, as, as you may know, the labor movement appeared in Europe in different countries at the beginning of the 19th century, the, begin the first half of the 19th century. And Spain, the first trade unions, which are the kind of organization that, are, that is related to the labor movement, appeared in the 1840s, especially in Barcelona and some towns nearby, uh, industrial towns. Most of those who participated in this uh, trade unionism were workers of the cotton textile industry in Barcelona, but also there were also um, some workers who used to work in the artisanal, artisanal trades. Most of them considered themselves to be a part of the society that, that, that was emerge, emerging in Spain at that time. Uh, I mean that many of those who participated in these organizations considered themselves to be free citizens, or at least citizens who were equal in rights to other citizens, such as the owners of the workshops in which they were working. So uh, when they were organizing themselves, they were fighting for those rights, citizen rights, who they considered they were entitled to. And in, in, in this way, we can say that um, this labor movement was, at the beginning, a liberal movement because those workers who participated in, in this movement were fighting for these traditional liberal rights mm -hmm. that many uh, liberals were, were defending at that time when all this very complex process of transition to liberalism was taking place in Europe and especially in Spain. Okay, so could you give us an example or, or a few more specifics about what maybe some of these early protests would look like in terms of the things that they were fighting for early on? Yeah, sure. So um, many of these workers were fighting for um, preserving uh, their wage levels or improving them. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they, when they stated these interests of, of, their, of theirs, their way uh, saying that they, were, they had a right to own the product of their own work and they have a right to uh, maintain themselves and their families with that product. And these are two rights that didn't exist uh, beforehand. These are two uh, new relationships between a person and the, and the thing uh, that this person is producing. Mm -hmm. And these kind of rights were uh, literally invented in the 18th century. And they are presented in many of the 
first liberal uh, writings that were written in France and other countries at the, at the, at the end of the 18th century. So what basically, uh, basically what, what the workers were, were doing was mm, using these rights in order to, to claim for better labor conditions and better wages. Another thing <clears throat> is the right to work less. I mean, during the 18th century, it was pretty normal to work from the, uh, the from uh, up until the sunset. I mean, from the uh, from the beginning of the day up until the sunset. Right. This means that workers used to work barely 12 hours, between 10 and 14 hours, depending on on the moment of the of the year, on the of the season of the year. And then, at the at the middle of the 19th century, workers began to say that that wasn't okay with them mm. because they were a thing that they didn't used to say before they were citizens they were humans who were entitled to uh, rest uh, for a part of the day because they if they wanted to become uh, healthy people they 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 needed to rest at least uh, six seven eight hours right so uh, what happens with this new kind of organization is that a new subject is appearing, a new, a new historical subject is appearing, and this subject, the worker, is a, is a, a kind of person that didn't exist before, um, who has new interests and who has new experiences as well. Because mm -hmm. when, when we are talking about these new interests, we are, we are also recognizing that uh, these people used to look at the labor conditions they were having in, from a different perspective. In fact, many of them didn't understand why workers uh, had to endure the previous situations and they were very critical of those who didn't uh, organize themselves or who didn't participate in the, in the new trade unions uh, because they considered them to be uh, a part of the past. Okay, so now that we have an idea of how the labor movement got started in Spain in the mid-19th century and what its kind of conceptual basis is, I wonder if we could start to look at the way that that movement started to change. And in your work in particular, you bring in this idea of the social as being kind of a drive of that change. I, could, I wonder if you could tell us what you mean by that term and how it emerged as an idea that was part of the labor movement. Yeah, this is a very complicated issue and I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to oversimplify the, the whole thing, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do at the best of my ability. Okay. <laughs> we have different ways of approaching this thing. I'm going to mm -hmm. pick one of them. At the beginning of, the, of this labor movement, uh, those who participated in it thought that they were, as I said before, a set of uh, citizens who were just fighting for what they thought it was uh, fair for them. 
when these people think of themselves as a part of a larger society, they consider that society, that society as, as a group of free individuals who, who, who had joined to be together in order to become uh, happier, to, to have fulfilled their necessities. Uh, in, in, so they were considering society as a, a group of people who, in a way, were pre-social. I mean, this is, a, this is the original liberal idea of society that one can read in, in, the, in the books and works from, from some intellectuals from the Enlightenment period, such as Rousseau, when they were talking about the social contract. And during the 19th century, this, uh, idea, of, this idea of society is mainstream. And this is the idea that provided uh, the whole support for the, for the construction of the, of the liberal state. And this is also the idea that um, provided the justification for the new uh, liberal economic policy that, that had as, as main feature the idea of that the state didn't have to intervene in social and labor relations. And Spanish-associated uh, workers unionized workers shared that thing. So the, when they didn't, during most part of the 19th century, they didn't ask uh, the state to participate in labor relations. Uh, actually, they wanted just the opposite. They wanted the state to protect the citizens' freedoms, including the freedom to, to create trade unions, and thus what, wanted, what workers wanted was to uh, use these unions in order to negotiate with uh, the, the, the owners and to reach agreements with them. But in the 1960s and 70s, a new idea of what a society was uh, emerged. And, em and, the, and this idea emerged not only in Spain, and we are looking at, uh, looking at a very transnational phenomenon that several researchers have called the emergence or the rise of the social. And when we are talking of the social, we are talking of a new idea of society that is more than the simple uh, outcome of the, of the individuals coming together. Mm, this new idea of society uh, basically means that society is something complex, something that has its own rules, something that in a way is independent of, uh, of what individuals can do or can think. And in fact, society from this perspective is what gives individuals their interests and their experience. So we could say that from this perspective, society is what creates historical subjects. And this is very important because uh, it means a, new, a completely new vision about what uh, the workers' problems were. Up until that moment, most workers who participated in trade unions thought that their problems were caused by the owners' selfishness. The owners were not good citizens. Uh, they, they were immoral citizens, mm -hmm. they wanted to take advantage of poor workers, they wanted to uh, uh, deny poor workers um, rights, and that was uh, the main reason that created all the problems. 
Now, with the idea of the social, some workers began to say that the problem was not mm, the owner's morality. The problem was not a moral one, it was a social one. Uh, if owners wanted the workers to earn less salary uh, uh, and to work uh, more hours, it was because society may, made them as people who were looking for their own interest and they wanted to, to take the more money as possible. So these workers began to look at the owners as a members of a different social class. And this is quite important because they were defining the, the workers' problems as social problems. If problems are caused by society and not by individuals' lack of morality, mm-hmm then you need also social solutions. And precisely in the 1970s is when some Spanish workers began to say that the state should participate in those solutions, that the state had to intervene in social and labor relations, and that the state had to create and and implement a new set of bills and laws that were measures, legal measures, whose main aim was to regulate and control these, these labor relations. Okay, so what we're seeing here is a really fundamental shift in the way that workers kind of view who they are and, and what should be done about them from a very individualistic perspective to uh, an idea of a more social problem and, and more state intervention. So I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about how exactly this shift took place yes. um, within the Spanish workers that you mentioned in the in the 1860s and in 70s and I'm wondering specifically if this has to do with the Sexenio Revolucionario, the period from 1868 to 74 when uh, there was a lot of political and, and social unrest in the country. Yeah, well actually there were two different reasons and um, of course the Sexenio Revolucionario was the um, marked the, com- the political context in which the, this change took place. Mm-hmm. But first of all, we have to say that um, this change only affected a small group of people, a small group of workers, of those workers who were part- who were participating in the in the labor movement. And uh, second, uh, that this was a change that also affected other people who weren't workers and who weren't. Uh, members of the labor movement because the rise of the social uh, is a historical phenomenon that affected many other things. Uh, to put, just to put an example, um, many politicians and intellectuals who were discussing the so-called social question began to think that the social question, which was related to workers' uh, uh, fights uh, and struggles, was was a problem caused by how society was organized. Well, uh, once I have said that, the main, probably the, the main factor that made workers uh, start to think differently was the fact that after 30 or 40 years, more between 20 and 30 years of fighting in trade unions, of creating cooperatives, of, of trusting in those ideals of citizenship, of, of, of citizen rights, after all these decades, 
they have not reached the, the independence and autonomy and emancipation they wanted. So some of them began to think that maybe there was a problem not only in the solutions they were taking, but also in the diagnosis they were making. And thus, what I think, that because that's my interpretation, that's my explanation, right. what I think is that when these workers began to, began to, to uh, realize that they, they didn't achieve that that they were looking for, and a door was open that made them reconsider those diagnoses they were making. Mm -hmm. And in this case, this is the moment when these workers began to read and pay attention to um, the ideas of, of certain socialist intellectuals that had been not very important in Spain at, uh, up until that time. And I'm referring here especially to Marx and Engels, right. who were defending the idea of society, this, society, this idea of the social I was uh, talking about before. Well, these were the socialists that were insisting that this idea of the, so of the social existed mm -hmm. uh, since, the, since the 1848, more or less. But they didn't have any impact in, in Spanish society and Spanish workers neither. They only began to have impact once some workers were uh, ready to think of different explanations of those problems that didn't solve that, 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 that they couldn't solve. Right. So uh, when you say they, they first started looking to Marx and Engels, um, are they at that time already looking towards a revolutionary um, overthrow of the system? Or are they more interested in a kind of more state intervention in assisting them in, in bettering their conditions? Hmm. Well, those who began to, to read Marx and Engels and who distribute their, their writings and, and their ideas were a small minority of the labor movement. Uh, but any, in any case, uh, the important issue for them was the new idea of a state intervention. Even though they uh, used to write in a very revolutionary tone, when they could organize their own organizations, Marxist organizations in the 1980s, the practice of this organization was quite uh, reformist. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to destroy the state or to create the proletarian dictatorship. In the end, they only wanted to, to make the state intervene in the economy. At the same time, it's uh, very interesting to see how the most part of the, of the labor movement were not as interested in that state intervention as this small group was. Um, this is important because it means, at least to me, that m most workers who were organized didn't really uh, assume the idea of society, the idea of the social. They uh, continued to see the problem as a moral one. And m many of those workers became more radical with their solutions. What I'm meaning is that uh, maybe these workers, uh, since they thought that the, the old solutions didn't work, what um, it was necessary to do for them was to 
to become more, to become stronger, to create new organizations, stronger organizations, and to make more pressure on owners. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about the beginning of anarcho-syndicalism in this case. Okay, great. So that is uh, a perfect segue for us into kind of the third big thing that I wanted to talk about here, and that is the emergence of anarcho-syndicalism as a mass movement in Spain. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit more about how the movement was able to kind of combine this ter turn towards a focus on the social and the revolutionary rhetoric that we also see starting to emerge at that time? Well, first of all, um, we have to see anarcho-syndicalism as a very complex phenomenon because anarcho-syndicalism was not a unitarian movement. Mm -hmm. There were many different kinds of anarchists to start with, but then there were many workers who participated in, in anarcho-syndicalist anarcho unions and were not anarchists. Actually, most of these workers, when political participation was concerned, when they, they, they have to vote, well, as you know, uh, anarchists don't like the idea of voting right. or preserving the system, the even if, if it is a democratic system, that they want to destroy the state. But then uh, they discovered that many of those workers who participated in their unions did vote, and especially in the, uh, the beginning of the 20th century, and they voted for the Republican Democratic Party or parties at that, at that time, which were the defenders of the poor citizens, of the people. They were the radical uh, political groups in Spain. Mm -hmm. And the, this, is, this can be a very interesting issue because it means that the original character of the labor movement that appeared in the 1840s, it, it was somehow surviving at the beginning of the 20th century. And even though there were people who were saying that uh, there was a new thing that existed and we didn't know what it was before, that was society. Many, it, it is quite possible that many workers uh, were used to think in the old way. Mm -hmm. And they considered themselves as members of the citizenship. And they were, and even when they were talking of themselves as members of a class, they perceived that that class was a part of a larger society of free citizens free and equal citizens. And this is very important to, in order to understand why anarcho-syndicalism was at the same time successful and a failure. Why? Well, first of all, anarcho-syndicalism in Spain was more powerful, far more powerful than Marxist organizations uh, because of this complexity I was, uh, I was talking about before. Because in, in, some, in many ways, anarchism is a radical interpretation of many liberal ideas. When anarchists talked about direct action, which means 
it could mean it could mean a, a terrorist attack, but also uh, fight against owners, uh, boycott, uh, but also labor negotiations, labor fights uh, between workers and owners. Well, all these ideas fit very well with the old workers uh, with, with the workers' old ideas. What I want to say is that many workers uh, many workers consider anarchism as a way of developing their own ideas. There were no so many differences between anarchist ideas and the old ones. And that's why many uh, unionized workers could think that uh, they could uh, participate in anarcho-syndicalism, uh, in anarcho-syndicalist organizations, because anarcho-syndicalists didn't ask them to change their ideology. They were quite open-minded to accept uh, almost any kind of, of worker. And so anarcho-syndicalism shared a common ground with the old trade unionism. That's my right. main point. In fact, many anarcho-syndicalists, uh, those who were more uh, committed to, anar to anarchism, were quite frustrated when they, they saw that many workers who were participating in their organizations really didn't do what they were expected to do. That's why I said before that um, anarcho-syndicalism is a very complex phenomenon because many workers who participated in those organizations were not really anarchists. They were just continuing their old, their, their old tradition through a new way. But I think we, we do see it emerging as a, as a mass movement in Spain, whereas it doesn't by and large in, in any other country in, in Europe. And yet you had mentioned earlier that um, this, this kind of idea, uh, these liberal ideas creeping into working class uh, ideology, but then also the, this shift towards, towards the more social perspective, that wasn't just this Spanish phenomenon that we see that kind of throughout Europe. So I'm wondering if there was something kind of unique about the Spanish case that, that really drew the workers towards uh, anarcho-syndicalism yeah, there. That's, that's a key point, because what I have described about the, the emergence of the Spanish labor movement, it's somehow quite similar to, to other European cases. Mm -hmm. And in other European cases, there was also anarchism, and there were also anarcho-syndicalist trends, but they tend to disappear at the beginning of the 20th century. Well, what happened? Why in, in Spain they remain as a very strong force? Well, my thesis is that in other countries, the different governments uh, that were ruling at that time were able to build new social interventionist state uh, and an effective one. Uh, I mean, the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th century is the beginning of a process of, of creating new social laws, new social measures that regulated the social uh, and, labor, and labor relations. And many workers mm, who saw that and who enjoyed the new, the new social measures were perhaps more convinced to explore what state intervention could offer to them. And so in other countries, uh, these workers were perhaps more um, sensitive to those socialist movements and currents that were uh, inviting them to um, 
make pressure in order to uh, achieve more social and, and more social laws. But in Spain, the articulation of the new social state or interventionist state took longer time. And, and it, also, it also was quite ineffective at the beginning. So in the, uh, in the 1910s and in, in the first decade of, of the 20th century as well, most of the new laws that were passed didn't really work. And actually at that time, what we have in the, in the union's press is a fight between Marxists and anarchists. This fight is very important because uh, the future of the Spanish labor movement was being decided at, at, at that moment. Those who supported state interventionism had problems in order to provide uh, arguments to defend that uh, for Spanish workers, because Spanish workers could see that these new social measures didn't really work. So they couldn't appreciate all these uh, benefits of these laws. At the same time, the anarchists were just pointing out that uh, these laws were, were just another mechanism to ensure um, state control of the workers. And so workers had to destroy those, those laws from the anarchist perspective. And that explains why, even though uh, the Marxist organizations began to grow in, in, at the beginning of the 20th century, anarcho-syndicalist organizations grew much faster and, and became the most powerful organizations in the country. So it, it seems to me that you're kind of proposing a, a new explanation for the, the growth of anarcho-syndicalism uh, in Spain when, when there have been many other explanations in the past. So, so, so would you agree that this is kind of a new a new way of looking at it, or do you kind of fit this in with some other explanations that, that have been made previously? Well, I would say that this is new, but uh, I also have to recognize that it's based on, on, on other works. Mm -hmm. um, it is new especially because it considers the social as a, as a historical phenomenon, and this is a crucial point. Older explanations of the beginning of anarchism consider the social that what we call society, as a somehow natural phenomenon, something that exists independently of uh, historical and cultural factors. What I'm saying is that the social is a historical phenomenon. It does exist as far as people believe in that and act uh, in uh, following this belief. And I believe that uh, the labor movement, as other historical phenomena that happen in Spain at, uh, in this moment, are somehow driven by this belief or the reject of that belief, because, as I said before, many workers probably didn't 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 thought that so this kind of society exists. Yeah. Um, concerning that thing, well, uh, I said before that many workers were still linked to Republican parties. Well, uh, many Republic Republican parties uh, didn't agree with social measures. And this is very important. This is a thing that we have to take into account. 
what these Republican parties wanted was that mm, workers could have free associations, uh, could organize their own trade unions, could negotiate freely with their with owners, but they were quite ex skeptical about the possibilities of having a social uh, legislation mm -hmm. that could provide a solution to uh, to the social problems, to these labor problems I was talking before. So what's interesting for me is it seems like on the one hand you have the the government in the restoration period actually kind of buying into this idea of the social by trying to have these social programs but since they're not really working <laughs> that, that, that um, you also have the emergence of the anarcho-syndicalism as, as a reaction to that so am I correct in, in seeing this as this idea of the social is, is working on both of those levels well, but then also still the current of individualism is there. I see your point. Yeah, because as I said before, we cannot consider anarchism as a simple, as a simple rejection of the social. Right. Many, many anarchists share the ideas of the social. In fact, many anarchists share Marxist, Marxist analysis of, society, of, 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 of labor problems. But still, it, that's a movement that is far more complex and uh, we have different trends some of them are uh, they opposed to each other uh, so and that was the the weak point but also the strongest point of anarchism the weak point was that there were so many people all together <laughs> that sometimes it was difficult to organize all of them in order to 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 obtain a certain aim but this was also the, 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 the strongest point since anarchism was more appealing, was more attractive for workers for, from different ideologies, from different perspectives of the world. Mm -hmm. Whereas Marxism had problems with that. And yeah, actually uh, the, the main trade union Marxist organization, the UGT, had to define itself as an apolitical organization. Uh, because many workers were uh, against establishing uh, a, a direct link between themselves and the Socialist Party. So, so we're talking about, it seems to me, uh, a Marxist movement that, that demands a lot more homogeneity than the anarchist movement does, which maybe helped the latter appeal more to Spanish workers as well. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It is true that within the anarchist movement there were groups of people who were demanding this kind of uh, hom homogeneity, uh, but they were also more open, uh, more open-minded, and, and they accepted uh, almost everything. Whereas uh, socialists were demanding from workers to accept a thing that was quite new, which was the state has to intervene in, the, in labor relations. Probably, we don't know, but we, we can make a comparison uh, with other cases. Probably if the new labor and social measures had, had been successful, perhaps many, many workers would have thought that the Marxist project was, was a, a good project to participate in. But since that didn't happen, uh, Marxists saw, uh, sadly for them, <laughs> that the majority of workers were siding with, with their enemies uh, within the labor movement. 
Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the program. I, I think that this is a great opportunity to, to share what seems to me to be a very new and convincing explanation for anarcho-syndicalism and the, the direction of the labor movement in Spain more generally in this period, and one that is, is fully historical uh, and also takes into account the full complexity of, of these movements. Uh, th thank you, and it was my pleasure to, partici to participate here.